Section thirty nine of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part thirty nine. Of the Sellers of Second Editions. These second editions are, and almost universally, second or later editions of the newspapers morning and evening but three-fourths of the sale may be of the evening papers and more especially of the globe and standard i believe that there is not now in existence unless it be in a workhouse and unknown to his fellows or engaged in some other avocation and lost sight of by them any one who sold second editions the courier evening paper being then in the greatest demand at the time of the duke of york's vulture and expedition at the period of the battle of the nile during the continuance of the peninsular war or even at the battle of waterloo there were a few old men some of whom had been soldiers or sailors and others who have simulated it surviving within these five or six years and some later who worked waterloo but they were swept off i was told by the cholera I was assured by a gentleman who had a perfect remembrance of the second editions, as they were generally called, sold in the streets, and who had often bought them upwards of forty years ago, that a sketch in the monthly review, in a notice of Scott's Lord of the Isles, published in 1815, gave the best notion he had met with of what the second edition sale really was at the commencement of the sixth canto of his poem sir walter somewhat too grandiloquently in the judgment of his reviewer asks o oh, who that shared them ever shall forget the emotions of the spirit-rousing time when breathless in the mart the couriers met early and late at evening and at prime who in his turn asks the reviewer can avoid conjuring up the idea of men with broad sheets of foolscap scored with victories rolled round their hats and horns blowing loud defiance in each other's mouth from the top to the bottom of pall mall or the haymarket when he reads such a passage we actually hear the park and tower guns and the clattering of ten thousand bells as we read and stop our ears from the close and sudden intrusion of some hot and horn-fisted patriot blowing ourselves as well as bonaparte to the devil the horn carried by these horn-fisted men was a common tin tube from two to three feet long and hardly capable of being made to produce any sound beyond a sudden and discordant trump trump the men worked with papers round their hats in a way not very dissimilar to that of the running patterers of to-day the editions cried by these men during the wartime often contained spurious intelligence but for that the editors of the journals were responsible or the stock jobbers who had imposed upon them any one who has consulted a file of newspapers of the periods to which i have referred will remember how frequent and how false were the announcements or the rumours of the deaths of bonaparte his brothers or his marshals in battle or by assassination as there was no man who was personally conversant with this traffic in what is emphatically enough called the war-time i sought out an old street patterer who had been acquainted with the older hands in the trade whose experience stretched to the commencement of the present century 
and from him I received the following account. Oh, yes, he began, I've worked seconds. We used to call the editions generally seconds, and cry them sometimes as the latest editions, whatever it was. There was Jack Griffith, sir. Now, wasn't he a hand at a second edition? I believe you. I do any kinds of patter now myself, but I've done tidy on second editions when seconds was to be had. Why, Jack Griffith, sir, he'd been a sailor, and was fond of talking about the sea. Jack Griffiths, you would have liked to have heard him. Jack told me that he once took ten shillings and sixpence, it was Hyde Park Way, for a second edition of a paper, when Queen Caroline's trial was over. Besides Jack there was Tom Cole, called the Wooden Leg, he'd been a soldier, I believe, and Whitechapel, and Old Brummer Jim, and Hellfire Jack. Hellfire Jack was said to be something to a man that was a trainer, and a great favourite of the old Duke of Queensbury, and was called Hellfire Dick, but I can't say how it was. I began to work second editions for the first time when George the Fourth died. They went off pretty well at a shilling apiece, and for three or four I got two shillings and sixpence. If it's anything good, I get one shilling still, but very seldom any more. I always show anybody that asks that the paper is just what I've cried it. There's no regular cry. We cries what's up. Here's the second edition of the Globe, with the full particulars of the death of His Majesty King George the Fourth. We work much in the same way as the running patter. Three of us shouts in the same spot. I was one of three, who one night sold five choirs, mostly Globe and Standard. It was at the Reform Bill time, and something about the Reform Bill. I never much heeded what the paper was about. I only wanted the patter, and soon got it. A mate, or any of us, looks out for anything good in the evening papers, to be ready. Why, that night I speak of, I was kept running backwards and forwards to the newspaper offices, and how they does keep you waiting at times, mostly the Globe and Standard. We worked them all at the West End. There's twenty-seven papers to acquire, and we gave fourpence apiece for them, and sold none, as well as I mind, for under a shilling. I carried them mostly under my arm or in my hat, taking care they wasn't soiled. Belgrave Square Way, and St. George's Hanover Square Way, and Hyde Park Way are the best. The city's no good, there's only sixpences there. The coffee-shops has spoiled the city, as I'm afeard they will other parts. Murders in second editions don't sell now, and aren't tried much, beyond a few if there's a late verdict. Courvoisier, note, Courvoisier, end note, was tidy. The trial weren't over till evening, and I sold six papers and got seven shillings for them, to gentlemen going away by the mail. I've heard that Greenacre was good in the same way, but I wasn't in town at the time. The French Revolution, the last one, was certainly a fairish go. Lewis Philip was good many ways, when he used to be shot at, if the news weren't too early in the day, and when he got to England, and when he was said to have got back or to have been taken. Why, of course he weren't to compare with Rush in the regular patter, but he was very fair. I have nothing to say against him, and wish he was alive, and could do it all over again. Lord Brougham's death weren't worth much to us. You remember the time, I dare say, sir, when they said he killed himself in the papers, to see what folks would say on him. The resignation of a Prime Minister is mostly pretty good. Lord Melbourne was, and so was Sir Robert Peel. There's always somebody to say, Hurrah, that's right, and to buy a paper because he's pleased. I had a red paper in my hat when I worked the French Revolution. French news is generally liked in a fashionable drag. Irish news is no good, for people don't seem to believe it. Smith O'Brien's battle, though, did sell a little. 
it's not possible to tell you exactly what i've made on seconds how can i one week i may have cleared a pound in them and for six months before not a blessed brown perhaps as near as i can recollect and calculate i've cleared three pounds if that each year one with another in second editions in my time and perhaps twenty others has done the same another man who also knew the old hands said to me lord bless us sir our times is changed you should have heard jack griffiths tell how he cried his gazettes here's the london gazette extraordinary containing the official account of the bloody and decisive victory of sally manka something that way patter weren't required then the things sold theirselves why the other day i was talking to a young chap that conceits himself to be a hout and houter in patter and i mentions jack's crying gazettes and getting five shillings apiece for many a one on em and this young chap says says he gazettes what did they cry gazettes bankrupts and all that bankrupts be blowed said i victories i heard waterloo cried when i was a little un the speeches on the opening of parliament which the newspapers has ready has no sale in the crowd to what they had i only sold two papers at sixpence each this last go i ventured on no more or should have been a loser if the queen isn't there none's sold but we always has a speech ready as close as can be got from what the morning papers says one gent said to me but that ain't the real speech it's a far better says i and so it is why now sir there's some reading and spirit in this bit the queen says it is my determination by the assistance of divine providence to uphold and protect the protestant church of the british empire which has been enjoyed three hundred years without interruption the religion which our ancestors struggled to obtain and as long as it shall please god to spare me i will endeavour to maintain the rights and prerogatives of our holy protestant church and now my lords i leave you to your duties to the helm of the state to the harbour of peace and happiness this man showed me the street speech which was on a broadsheet set off with the royal arms the topics and arrangement were the same as those in the speech delivered by her majesty on monday morning last february the twenty fourth i asked the man who told me that prime minister's resignations were pretty good for the street traffic if he had been well remunerated by the sale of the evening papers of saturday with the account of lord john russell's resignation it weren't tried sir he answered there was nothing new in the evenings and we thought nobody seemed to care about it the newspaper officers and their boarders as he called the men going about with announcements on boards didn't make very much of it so we got up a song instead but it was no good not salt to a fresh herring for there was some fresh herrings in it was put strong though this was the last verse from the house to the palace it has caused a bother old women are tumbling one over another the queen says it is with her one thing or t'other they must not discharge little john her majesty vows that she is not contented and many ere long will have cause to repent it had she been in the house she would nobly resent it and fought like a brick for lord john adopting the calculation of my first informant and giving a profit of one hundred and fifty per cent we find a hundred and fifty pounds yearly expended in the streets in second editions or probably it might be more correct to say two hundred pounds in a year of great events and fifty pounds in a year when such events are few of the standing patterers 
the standing patera i have already described in his resemblance to the mountebank of old and how like his predecessor he required a pitch and an audience i need but iterate that these standing patterers are men who remain in one place until they think they have exhausted the custom likely to accrue there or until they are removed by the police and who endeavour to attract attention to their papers or more commonly pamphlets either by means of a board with coloured pictures upon it illustrative of the contents of what they sell or else by gathering a crowd round about them in giving a lively or horrible description of the papers or books they are working the former is what is usually denominated in street technology board work a few of the standing patterers give street recitations or dialogues some of the illustrations most in vogue of late for the boards of the standing patterers were the flogging of the nuns of minsk the blood streaming from their naked shoulders anything against the emperor of russia i was told was a good street subject for a painting the young girl sarah thomas who murdered her mistress in bristol dragged to the gallows by the turnkeys and calcraft the hangman calcraft himself when charged with starving his mother hey now in the hands of the draymen the mannings and afterwards the sloanes the two last mentioned were among the most elaborate each having a series of compartments representing the different stages of the events in which those heroes and heroines flourished i shall speak afterwards of street artists who are the painters of these boards and then describe the pictures more fully there are also as before alluded to what may be called cocks in street paintings as well as street literature two of the most favourite themes of the standing patterers were however the annals of the white house in soho square and the mysteries of mesmerism both supplied subjects to the boards the white house was a notorious place of ill fame some of the apartments it is said were furnished in a style of costly luxury while others were fitted up with springs traps and other contrivances so as to present no appearance other than that of an ordinary room until the machinery was set in motion in one room into which some wretched girl might be introduced on her drawing a curtain as she would be desired a skeleton grinning horribly was precipitated forward and caught the terrified creature in his to all appearance bony arms in another chamber the lights grew dim and then seemed gradually to go out in a little time some candles apparently self-ignited revealed to a horror-stricken woman a black coffin on the lid of which might be seen in brass letters anne or whatever name it had been ascertained the poor wretch was known by a sofa in another part of the mansion was made to descend into some place of utter darkness or it was alleged into a room in which was a store of soot or ashes into the truth or exaggeration of these and similar statements it is not my business to inquire but the standing patra made the most of them although the house in question has been either rebuilt or altered i was told that each was the case and its abominable character has ceased to apply to it for some years the patra did not scruple to represent it as still in existence though he might change the venue as to the square at discretion and that all the atrocities perpetrated 
to which I have not ventured even to allude, were still the ordinary procedures of high life. Neither did the standing patra scruple, as one man assured me, to name names, to attribute vile deeds to any nobleman or gentleman whose name was before the public, and to embellish his story by an allusion to a recent event. He not unfrequently ended with a moral exhortation to all ladies present to avoid this abode of iniquity for the rich. The board was illustrated with skeletons, coffins, and other horrors, but neither on it nor in a hardly intelligible narrative which the patera sold was there anything indecent. The Mysteries of Mesmerism was an account of the marvels of that newly discovered and most wonderful power in nature and art. With it Dr. Elliotson's, or some well-known name, was usually associated, and any marvel was pattered according to the patterer's taste and judgment. The illustrations were of persons, generally women, in a state of coma, but in this also there was no indecency, nor was there in the narrative sold. Of these two popular exhibitions there are, I am informed, none now in town, and both, I was told, was more the speculations of a printer who sent out men than in the hands of the regular patterers. It may tend somewhat to elucidate the character of the patterers, if I here state that, in my conversation with the whole of them, I heard from their lips strong expressions of disgust at Sloane, far stronger than were uttered in abhorrence of any murderer. Rush, indeed, was and is a popular man among them. One of them told me that, not long before Madame Tussaud's death, he thought of calling upon that venerable lady, and asking her, he said, to treat me to something to drink the immortal memory of Mr. Rush, my friend and hern. It is admitted by all concerned in the exercise of street elocution that the stander must have the best of patter. He usually works alone. There are very rarely two at standing patter, and beyond his board he has no adventitious aids, as in the running patter, so that he must be all the more effective. But the board is pronounced as good as a man. When the standing patter visits the country, he is accompanied by a mate, and the copy of worses is then announced as being written by an underpaid curate within a day's walk. It tells mostly, sir, for it's a blessing to us that there always is a journeyman parson what the people knows, and what the patter fits. Sometimes the poetry is attributed to a sister of mercy, or to a popular poetess. Very frequently, by the patterers who best understand the labouring classes, to Miss Eliza Cook. Sometimes the verses are written by a sympathising gent in that parish, but his name wasn't to be mentioned. Another intelligent patterer whom I questioned on the subject told me that my information was correct. It's just the same in the newspapers, he continued. Why, the sympathising gent is the same with us as what in the newspapers is called other intelligence about any crime, to publish which might defeat the ends of justice. That means they know nothing at all about it, and can't so much as venture on a guess. I've known a little about it for the papers, sir. It doesn't matter in what line. Some standing patterers are brought up to the business from childhood. Some take to it through loss of character, or through their inability to obtain a situation from intemperate habits, and some because 
a free life suits me best in a former inquiry into a portion of this subject i sought a standing patterer whom i found in a threepenny lodging-house in mint street southwark on my inquiring what induced him to adopt or pursue that line of life he said it was distress that first drove me to it i had learnt to make willow bonnets but that branch of trade went entirely out so having a wife and children i was drove to write out a paper that i called the people's address to the king on the present state of the nation i got it printed and took it into the streets and sold it i did very well with it and made five shillings a day while it lasted i never was brought up to any mechanical trade my father was a clergyman note here he cried bitterly End note. it breaks my heart when i think of it i have as good a wife as ever lived and i would give the world to get out of my present life it would be heaven to get away from the place where i am i am obliged to cheer up my spirits if i was to give way to it i shouldn't live long it's like a little hell to be in the place where we live note crying End note. associated with the ruffians that we are my distress of mind is awful but it won't do to show it at my lodgings they'd only laugh to see me downhearted so i keep my trouble all to myself oh i am heartily sick of this street work the insults i have to put up with the drunken men swearing at me yes indeed i am heartily sick of it this poor man had some assistance forwarded to him by benevolent persons after his case had appeared in my letter in the morning chronicle this was the means of his leaving the streets and starting in the cloth cap trade he seemed a deserving man experience of a standing patterer from one of this body i received at the period just alluded to the following information i have taken my five shillings a day said my informant but paper selling now isn't half so good as it used to be people haven't got the money to lay out for it all depends with the working man the least we take in the day is upon an average sixpence but taking the good and bad together i should say we take about ten shillings a week i know there's some get more than that but then there's many take less lately i know i haven't taken nine shillings a week myself and people reckon me one of the best patterers in the trade i'm reckoned to have the gift that is the gift of the gab i never works a last dying speech on any other than the day of execution all the edges taken off of it after that the last dying speeches and executions are all printed the day before they're always done on the sunday if the murderers are to be hung on the monday i've been and got them myself on the sunday night over and over again the flying stationers goes with the papers in their pockets and stand under the drop and as soon as ever it falls and long before the breath is out of the body they begin bawling out note here my informant gave a further account of the flying stationers under the gallows similar to what i have given he averred that they invented every lie likely to go down End note. here you have also an exact likeness they say of the murderer taken at the bar of the old bailey when all the time it is an old woodcut that's been used for every criminal for the last forty years i know the likeness that was given of hocker was the one that was given for fauntleroy and the woodcut of toil was one that was given for the quaker that had been hanged for forgery twenty years before thurtle's likeness was done expressly for the papers and so was the manning's and rush's likenesses too the murders are bought by men women and children many of the tradespeople bought a great many of the affair of the mannings i went down to deptford with mine 
and did uncommonly well. I sold all off. Gentlefolks won't have anything to do with murders sold in the street. They've got other ways of seeing all about it. We lay on the horrors, and picture them in the highest colours we can. We don't care what's in the papers in our hands. All we want to do is sell them, and the more horrible we make the affairs, the more sale we have. We do very well with love letters. They are cocks, that is, they're all fictitious. We give it out that they are from a tradesman in the neighbourhood not a hundred yards from where we are standing. Sometimes we say it's a well-known sporting butcher. Sometimes it's a highly respectable publican, just as it will suit the tastes of the neighbourhood. I got my living round Cornwall for one twelve-month, with nothing else than a love-letter. It was headed, A Curious and Laughable Love-Letter and Puzzle, sent by a sporting gentleman to Miss H-A-M in this neighbourhood. That suits any place that I may chance to be in, but I always patter the name of the street or village where I may be. This letter, I say, is so worded that had it fallen into the hands of her mamma or papa, they could not have told what it meant. But the young lady, having so much wit, found out its true meaning, and sent him an answer in the same manner. You have here, we say, the number of the house, the name of the place where she lives, there is nothing of the kind, of course, and the initials of all the parties concerned. We dare not give the real names in full, we tell them. Indeed, we do all we can to get up the people's curiosity. I did very well with the burning of the House of Commons. I happened by accident to put my pipe into my pocket amongst some of my papers and burnt them. Then, not knowing how to get rid of them, I got a few straws. I told the people that my burnt papers were parliamentary documents that had been rescued from the flames, and that, as I dare not sell them, I would let them have a straw for a penny and give them one of the papers. By this trick I got rid of my stock twice as fast, and got double the price that I should have done. The papers had nothing at all to do with the House of Commons. Some was Death and the Lady, and Death and the Gentleman, and others were the Political Catechism and 365 Lies, Scotch, English, and Irish, and each lie as big round as St. Paul's. I remember a party named Jack Straw, who laid a wager, half a gallon of beer, that he'd bring home the money for two dozen blank papers in one hour's time. He went out into the old street road, and began a patter about the political affairs of the nation, and Sir Robert Peel and the Duke of Wellington, telling the public that he dared not sell his papers, that they were treasonable. So he gave them with a straw that he sold for one penny. In less than the hour he was sold clean out, and returned and drank the beer. The chief things that I work are quarter-sheets of recitations and dialogues. One is good advice to young men on choosing their wives. I've done exceedingly well with that. It's a good moral thing. Another is the drunkard's catechism. Another is the rent day, or the landlord gathering his rents. This is a dialogue between the landlord and his tenant, beginning with, Good morning, Mrs. Longface. Have you got my rent ready, ma'am? The next one is The Adventures of Larry O'Flynn. It's a comic story and a very good got-up thing. Another is A Hint to Husbands and Wives, and A Pack of Cards Turned into a Bible, a Prayer Book, and an Almanac. These cards belonged to Richard Middleton of the 60th Regiment of Foot, who was taken a prisoner for playing at cards in church during divine service. But the best I do is the remarkable dream of a young man of loose character who had made an agreement to break into a gentleman's house at twelve at night on Whitson Monday, but owing to a little drink that he took, he had a remarkable dream and dreamed he was in hell. 
the dream had such influence on his mind that he refused to meet his comrade his comrade was taken up for the burglary found guilty and executed for it this made such an impression on the young man's mind that he became a reformed character there is a very beautiful description of hell in this paper said my informant that makes it sell very well among the old women and the apprentice lads for the young man was an apprentice himself it's all in very pretty poetry and a regular cock the papers that i work chiefly are what are called the standing patters they're all of them stereotype and some of them a hundred years old we consider that death hunters are the lowest grade in the trade we can make most money of the murders while they last but they don't last and they merely want a good pair of lungs to get them off but it's not every one sir that can work the standing patters many persons i've seen try at it and fail one old man i knew tried the drunkard's catechism and the soldier's prayer book and bible he could manage to patter these because they'll almost work themselves but old mother clifton he broke down in i heard him do it in sun street and in the blackfriars road but it was such a dreadful failure he couldn't humour it a bit that thinks i to myself you'll soon have to give up and sure enough he's never been to the printers since he'd a very poor audience chiefly boys and girls and they were laughing at him because he made so many blunders in it a man that's never been to school an hour can go and patter a dying speech or a battle between two ladies of fortune they require no scholarship all you want is to stick a picture on your hat to attract attention and to make all the noise you can it's all the same when they does an assassination of louis philippe or a diabolical attempt on the life of the queen a good stout pair of lungs and plenty of impudence is all that is required but to patter bounce the workhouse beadle and the examination of the paupers before the poor law commissioners takes a good headpiece and great gift of the gab let me tell you it's just the same as a play-actor i can assure you i often feel very nervous i begin it and walk miles before i can get confidence in myself to make the attempt i got rid of two choir last night i was up among the gentlemen's servants in crawford street baker street and i had a very good haul out of the grown-up people i cleared one shilling and eightpence altogether i did that from seven till nine in the evening it's all chance work if it's fine and i can get a crowd of grown-up people round me i can do very well but i can't do anything amongst the boys there's very little to be done in the daytime i begin at ten in the day and stop out till one after that i starts off again at five and leaves off about ten at night marylebone paddington and westminster i find the best places the west end is very good the early part of the week for anything that's genteel such as the rich man and his wife quarrelling because they have no family our customers there are principally the footmen the grooms and the maid-servants the east end of town is the best on friday and saturday evenings i very often go to limehouse on friday evening most part of the dockmen are paid then and anything comic goes off well among them on saturdays i go to the new cut ratcliffe highway the brill and such places i make mostly two shillings clear on a saturday night after nineteen years experience of the patter and paper line in the streets i find that a foolish nonsensical thing will sell twice as fast as a good moral sentimental one and while it lasts a good murder will cut out the whole of them it's the best-selling thing of any i used at one time to patter religious tracts in the street but i found no encouragement i did the infidel blacksmith that would not sell 
what is happiness a dialogue between ellen and mary that was no go no more was the sorrows of seduction so i was driven into the comic standing patters the more recent experiences of standing patterers as they were detailed to me differ so little in subject or anything else from what i have given concerning running patterers that to cite them would be a repetition from the best information to be obtained i have no doubt that there are always at least twenty standing patterers sometimes they are called board men at work in london some of them run occasionally but an equal number or more of the regular runners resort now and then to the standing patter so the sum is generally kept up notwithstanding the drawbacks of bad weather which affects the standing and does not affect the running patterer and notwithstanding the more frequent interruptions of the police i am of opinion that the standing patterer earns on an average one shilling a week more than his running brother his earnings too are often all his own whereas the runners are a school and their gains divided more running patrers become on favourable occasions stationary with boards perhaps in the proportion of five to four than the stationary become itinerant one standing patterer told me that during the excitement about the sloanes he cleared full three shillings a day for more than a week but at other times he had cleared only one shilling and sixpence in a whole week and he had taken nothing when the weather was too wet for the standing work and there was nothing up to run with if then twenty standing patterers clear ten shillings weekly each the year through taking fifteen shillings weekly we find that seven hundred and eighty pounds is yearly expended in the standing patter of london streets the capital required for the start of the standing is greater than that needed by the running patterer the painting for a board costs three shillings and sixpence the board and pole with feet to which it is attached five shillings and sixpence and stock money two shillings in all eleven shillings End of section 39